If you would, open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. Della. <laughs> We're going to blame Della anyway. It's always Della's fault. <laughs> but if you would, open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. We'll be looking at verses 15 through 17 today. Last week, we began to look at four things that we need 
as humans. The first thing that we looked at was last Sunday morning where we looked at faith. In particular, we looked at saving faith and how our faith is built upon Jesus Christ, but then our faith is in Christ, goes through Christ, and as it goes through Christ, it leads to the different things that constitute our spiritual life, whether it is prayer, witnessing, going to worship, different things like that. And then last Sunday night, we looked at those different things and looked at how we need Working faith as well. Our faith must work because faith is the basis of our spiritual life. Now, what were the other three things that we need? We need Jesus Christ. We need the blood of Christ. And we need repentance. And Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at Jesus Christ. And when you look at those other three things, well, actually, when you look at all four things, they all go together, but we are going to separate them out and look at them separately. So today we're going to look at Jesus Christ. And I want to ask the question, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And this is a question that everyone on this planet must answer. Who is Jesus? And when you ask this question, some people would say, well, he was a Jewish Buddha. Some people would say he's a great teacher. Some people, like they did in the days of Christ, would say he was John the Baptist raised from the dead. Or he was one of the prophets like Jeremiah or Elisha, come back. Whereas the person that has heard the gospel and through the calling of the Holy Spirit, they will look at Christ like all Christians should be looking at Christ and they will say, he is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is God made manifest in the flesh. And today we're going to look at who is Jesus. Again, look at Matthew 16, verses 15 through 17. It's written, he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Then Simon Peter answered and said, thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, the son of Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship, just illuminate your word. For us, Lord, and help us just to learn from it and apply what we learn into our daily walk. And again, Lord, I just thank you and praise you for all the blessings that you've given us, the blessings of life and liberty, the blessings that we could come and worship today. But most of all, Lord, I just thank you for your precious and holy Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, today as we worship together, I just pray that you would just, again, speak to hearts, 
today, Lord. And if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that you would just speak to their heart. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with those that could not make it today, those that may be traveling, those that are sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones, Lord. We just lift each one up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today, that you would just speak through me and give me the words to say. And Lord, just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. The question of who is Jesus? I believe this is the most important question that one can answer. It's the most important question. And basically it is the one question where the answer has eternal consequences. It has eternal consequences. Why? Because to have eternal life, one must answer that question. But they must answer that question where they recognize that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he was sent to this earth to be our sacrifice, and they recognize Jesus after realizing these things by through revelation of the gospel and through the calling of the Holy Spirit, they realize these things and they receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. But before you can get to that point, you must answer that question. Who is Jesus? And it's the same question that Jesus posed to the disciples. If you look back in, in verse 13, he asks that question to the disciples first, but he asks it dealing with the people. He says, who do the people say that I, the Son of Man, am? But then he poses the question directly to the disciples. After they gave him various answers, he then asks, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? But look at the disciples' first question. And I want you to look at one thing. When Jesus asked that first question, all the disciples answered him. They all answered him. Look at what it says in verse 14. And they said. They all answered him. And then look at the various answers. Well, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elijah. Some say that you're Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But then he answers or asks them directly, whom do you say that I am? And instead of all of them speaking and answering, only one person answered him, and that was Peter. Jesus asks them directly, whom do you say that I am? And Peter gives him a direct answer. Now, I would say Peter also gives him a personal answer. 
he gives him a personal answer as well. A direct answer to the question, but it was also an answer that came from Peter's heart. And we see that because of after Peter answered him what Jesus said. This was an answer that came from Peter's heart. Peter answered, Thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. And everything that Peter knew about Jesus Christ up to that point is dwelt in that answer. It's found in that answer. Because think about what Peter has seen up to that point. He's seen various miracles. He's seen Jesus feeding the multitudes. He's seen Jesus raising the dead. He's seen Jesus healing the infirm, the blind, the deaf, the mute, the paralyzed. He's seen Jesus doing all these different things and he's also heard Jesus' teachings. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then look at Jesus' response. Blessed art thou, Simon, the son of Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. So all of, when we look at, at Peter's answer, that entire answer and everything that it encompassed came from his heart because God had touched his heart and revealed to Peter's heart who Jesus was. And his answer, his declaration that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of God, was a declaration of his faith in Jesus Christ. It was a declaration of his faith. God had opened Peter's heart and revealed to Peter who Jesus Christ was. Now I want you to think about something. There was something Peter did not know about Christ at that time. And it was about to be revealed to Peter. Peter didn't know about the cross. He didn't know about the cross at that time. Up to that point, again, he had seen the countless miracles. He had heard the teachings of Christ. He knew all of these different things about Jesus Christ and his answer come from the heart, but he did not know about the cross. And what happens when he hears about the cross? He rebukes Christ. And then Christ rebukes him. But the answer that Peter gives at that moment was based on the knowledge he had of Jesus Christ at that time. And it came from his heart. And when we think about the answer that we must give, when we hear the question, who is Jesus? 
Our answer must come from the heart. You see, people can give an answer from their mouth. Well, I believe that Jesus is God. Do you? If you do, you'll be doing what Christ says and what he commands. Because remember what Christ says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then you might say, well, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. Well, you believe there was a George Washington as well. But that don't save you. You see, even the demons believe there's a God. As James says, thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The demons also believe and they tremble at the fact that there's a God. Our belief in Jesus Christ and who Christ is must come from the heart. Because anybody can say they believe in Christ. And this is where James again talked about working faith. Our actions show what we believe and to whom we belong. So what we must do is we, you know, we can't answer this question just with our mouth. We must answer it with our heart, believing on Jesus Christ in our heart, trusting in everything that he says, believing in everything that was written about him, because our knowledge of Christ not only comes from the Bible, but it comes from the Holy Spirit. So we must also believe in what the Holy Spirit has revealed. The same as what happened with Peter. God revealed who Christ was to his heart. But you know, our belief in Christ has another aspect to it. One that Peter's belief did not have at that time. We must also believe in the cross. Now what do I mean when I say we must believe in the cross? You see, we can't separate Jesus Christ from the cross. We can't separate him from the cross. The declaration that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of God, must also include the declaration of what he did on the cross. Why? Because Christ came to die on the cross. Think about that. He came to die on the cross. He came to be our sacrifice on the cross. So our belief in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is also a belief in what he accomplished on the cross. His sacrifice for our sins. You see, the path to the Father 
goes through Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us this in John 14, 6. He says, I am that way, that truth, and that life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The path goes through Jesus Christ, but it's paved with the cross. It is a path that is paved with the cross, that old rugged cross. That symbol of suffering and shame is paving the path to the Father as we go through Jesus Christ. Thus, our answer when we're asked the question of who is Jesus must include the cross. His death on the cross, his burial in a tomb, and his resurrection from the dead. Who is Jesus? Who is he? He is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. He taught, he worked miracles, he raised the dead, he walked on water, he did all of these wonderful things, but he also died on the cross, was buried, and rose from the dead. And to be saved, we must believe that and have faith in it and trust in it. died on the cross was buried and rose from the dead and he died on the cross to be our sacrifice so when we're asked who is Jesus he was also a sacrifice our sacrifice now think about that if you go all the way back to the garden of Eden and you look at what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden when they fell into sin and they were kicked out of the garden, what did sin do to them? Paul tells us the wages of sin is death. Spiritual death, physical death. We can't escape physical death. That penalty unless Christ comes back and returns before we die. But God in his love gave us a way to escape spiritual death. And we see that all through the Old Testament where he set up that sacrificial system. But that sacrificial system was not perfect. Why? Because you were sacrificing an animal for the sins of humans. Man had to die for sin. And God in his love sent his son to be our sacrifice. And that leads us to the final part of Jesus. Well, the final part for this sermon. Because I could speak for years about Jesus Christ and never cover every aspect of him. 
He was the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. God sent us a lamb for the sacrifice. The perfect lamb. And if you go back to John 1.29, when John the Baptist sees Jesus Christ walking there, what did John say? He says, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And then if you look down in verse 36, what does he say? When he sees Jesus again walking, he says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. Just as the law called for a sacrificial lamb, God sent us that sacrificial lamb to take away our sins. Jesus was the sacrificial lamb, the atoning sacrifice the sacrifice that was made on the cross. On the cross. So who is Jesus? He is the Christ, the Son of God. He's the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. The sacrifice of God for our sins. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. And he's our God. And we see that in 1 Timothy 3.16 where, where Paul writes that Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. He's our God. And if you have never received him as Lord and Savior, you need him today. So I'm going to ask the question, who is Jesus? Who is he? You must answer it. You must know who Jesus Christ truly is to be saved. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before, just thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this time of worship. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us as we go into this time of invitation. Lord, if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us. Continue to overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.